0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Setters and Settings podcast, where I examine high-Q fanfics on AO3 and talk about their world building from a sociological lens. My name is Lean, and today I will be discussing the genre of urban fantasy, which is one of my favorite genres of fanfiction, one of my favorite genres just in general. I'm very excited about this episode. So, um, last episode, I discussed one fanfic in detail, but for this episode and possibly ongoing um, episodes other than, say, for a few. I'll be discussing various fanfics that fit the genre and certain tropes and acts of world building that are common within urban fantasy. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, starting with the genre itself, urban fantasy, if you don't know what it is, it's a subgenre of fantasy in which fantastical elements such as monsters, supernatural elements, or other fantasy elements are brought more into the modern world. Um, especially in inner city settings, therefore urban fantasy. Uh, There are no set rules for urban fantasy, so playing around with it is really fun. Uh, Me as a writer, it's one of my favorite genres to write for too, just because you can do whatever the hell you want, and it's great. So, um, for example, you can create your own magic systems, you can create laws, different kinds of stores, uh, common activities for people to partake in, and you can kind of play around with different magical races and species of creatures. You can have an entire underground government system. Um, You can put in like crime and fit in all the, all these other different types of genres. You can create your own lore, which is really exciting. And then you can control the various aspects of how society works within the context of your story being urban fantasy. So it really can be anything. Um, it can be where humans have no idea that creatures exist. Ones where humans coexist with fantasy. And there are, a, like I said, there are so many other subgenres that you can mix it with. Um, They could be slice of life, crime, uh, an epic journey with adventures, and good old just plain smut, honestly. So um, for specific sociological aspects, I'll be using all these different fanvics to illustrate the different things that can be done within urban fantasy. And then I can, or I've not can, but I will mention the different parts that I think are done super well. And this first fanfic is actually a series of fanfics. It's a four fanfic series. and I am in love with it. I'm so, ex- you can hear the excitement in my voice to talk about this. Um, it's my favorite vampire series on AO3. It's quite possibly one of my favorite fanfics of all time. And it's by Catastrophe. So that's Katastra underscore i um, I'll have links on my uh, Twitter at Setters and S-Pod. So you can find everything I mentioned here on uh, my Twitter. So um, her series is called Into the World of Darkness. And first of all, it's E-rated. So if you're an adult and you want to read it, go ahead. It's amazing. I love it. And it's actually a crossover of the Vampire the Masquerade games and Q. You don't need to know much about Vampire the Masquerade to get into it. I didn't know that much about it going into it, but reading this has made me, like, really interested in it. And, um, if you're left with any questions about Vampire the Masquerade uh, after the author's explanations for it, you can just do a quick internet search and find all the information. That's what I did. It really doesn't kind of... It doesn't keep you from enjoying the story. So... um, I love so many things about this fanfic. I the entire series, I don't know where to start. I just it's so good. I love it. And I will be giving out some spoilers. So if you like to read them again, it's E-rated. If you're over 18, go check it out before continuing. It's great. I it's one it's literally the fanfic that I recommend um to anyone who asks for recommendations and they don't know what to read. It's this one. Um, There are four parts of the series so far, and uh, they're mostly rare pairs. So the first fic focuses on Bokuro, and then Akasuga, then Ushiten, and then Oihana. Uh, So urban fantasy aside, this makes my rare pair heart so very happy. It's the reason I love Akasuga, honestly. (laughs) And um, the world building of the series is amazing. Like, it's unmatched. I love it so much. <laughs> and it feels like everything exists beyond the story. So it's not... It, you can really get a sense of, like, there are things happening outside of what it gives you. And there are things that are happening beyond um, the small slice that you get. Uh, there's context for what you read. And it's... I think it does that really well. So... um It's so much more than the story itself. So in the Bokuro fic we get to see the effects of the control that Bokuto has on the city. Bokuto is a vampire he's really old and he is in charge of his clan so we get to see how important he is to the community as well as how well respected he is and how important it is for vampires to remain secret. That's one of the biggest things with this series is how important it is that vampires remain secret and they don't reveal what's called the masquerade. Um, And this fic also has glimpses of the in-universe government system. And I think this series does a great job of building a government system and like kind of showing how vampires in the underground urban fantasy kind of world, how they operate. And um, it's really, it's just, it's a very interesting read. And it's one of the reasons I love this so much is the is the in-universe government system you also get to see oikawa and Owizumi for a sh- short moment in this and more of them in the oihana so um you kind of get the relationship between different vampire clans since they're leaders of other clans so you get to see how they interact with each other how they interact with bokuto and um it's very interesting to see the different types of vampire clans and how this author has incorporated clans from the game into uh, their own fanfics. And it's fun to just do research on all the different clans and all their different powers and strengths. It's really inspiring to me, honestly. It's great. I love it. <laughs> um, and again their interactions with the different vampire clans and the fact that clans exist at all kind of fuels what I said earlier about how there's more that this gives you there's more to the world there's more going on than just the tiny slice of Bokura that you're reading um, so there's also an interesting overlying theme and I want to mention that before I go into the next part again this is Like I said, it's E-rated, so sexuality is huge in this, and the expression of sexuality, especially in um, vampire books. And sorry if you can hear banging from, uh, I'm in my basement and I'm really cold, and my voice is kind of like reflecting that I'm cold, and there's someone walking above me, so (laughs) if you can hear that, sorry. Um, So the expression of sexuality and sexuality is my main topic of interest when I study sociology and this series does such a wonderful job of expressing sexuality and how sexuality can change depending on which society that you're living in. In the last episode I talked about how different rules can change depending on what the societal context that you exist in like it changes depending on what context you have and so vampire stories, especially this vampire story, they have different kind of ideals when it comes to expressing sexuality, how it's expressed. And when I say sexuality, I don't mean sexual orientation, which is what most people think of, That is a small part of it. But sexuality is a much broader kind of topic of how people see sex, how people have sex, and uh, how people express sex. Their, se- their sexual agency within society. So that's what I mean when I say sexuality. It's not just orientation. It's all these other different things um, to express sex as a whole. And this series has a fun theme of vampires operating outside social norms for sexuality and how the vampires in the story and the humans in the story change the ways that they see sex and in turn, how it makes them seem more mysterious, it makes them seem more attractive. And it shows the character, the characteristics of someone and the society, but it's also built into the lore as a hunting technique, which is really common for vampire stories. And I think it's so interesting that in lots of vampire stories, especially urban fantasy, sexuality is used as a hunting technique. And it's more than just people having sex, but it has this whole kind of like how society... And how vampire society sees sexuality and kind of how it goes hand in hand with how vampires can seem more mysterious, more attractive, and kind of hunt prey because of it. And I I always find that so interesting. I could talk about it forever. If you're interested in it, tell me. I might do a whole episode on it. It's so much fun to talk about. Like I said, sexuality is my main topic of interest. I've taken three sexuality classes. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, so if you're interested, I have a lot to say. Um, the next part in that series is Akasuga, and I love this fanfic. It's the first one I read. This is the one that got me into one of my favorite rare pairs. It's, this is, the second part is the one that I recommend for people to read if someone asks for a recommendation. It's one of my favorite fanfics of all time. I go back and I reread it so much. And I think I've commented on it. So, Like, I'll go back and comment on it every once in a while. I'll be like, hey, I still love this fanfic. <laughs> and it's, it's, I love it so much. And the first fanfic is from Kuro's point of view. And he's human. And then, so this one, it switches between Akaashi and Suga's point of views. But it starts with Akashis, and he is the vampire. And it's really interesting how this author writes vampires and how they write age. And I, I love all of them, their stories um, just because of how they write Akashi. And this brings in more about how the universe in the story works. So not only does it bring more about the relationship, of humans and vampires and how the underground vampire government works and how it protects its vampires. But it also shows that from the point of view of someone who's not part of the vampire community and how not being in the vampire community has left him vulnerable and um, kind of, he's more vulnerable in the sense of that he's, um, he lacks protection from the other more vicious vampires that also operate outside the government, and they like reject the structure of the vampire government. And by extent of Akashi not being protected, Suga gets caught up in everything, and he's also not protected. And since he's human, that's much more of a of a risk. So, um, it also introduces the topic of ghouls, which I find really interesting. Not many vampire fanfics mention ghouls and kind of like the servants of vampires, but this one does, and I think it's done very well. And it kind of shows how vampires don't care about humans, and it kind of adds to how special the humans in this series are. Um, uh, let's see, uh, where am I with my notes? So their relationship... The expression of sexuality and the difference between how sexuality is viewed by humans and vampires and how it explores the in-universe government, it just takes off all my boxes. Again, I always reach for this fic when people ask for recommendations. Um, there's just uh, another little thing to add. Um, the sexuality expressed in these fics, they're, if you look at the tags, you'll understand. And it's just the different standards of sex that these fakes have and the different standard of how vampires have sex in this story. So, um, there's different expectations, there's different standards, there's different kind of, um, social norms among vampires. And, um, it's, it's kind of funny to see how humans react to it, um, within the context of the story. And, um, I, I talk about the. I wanted to talk about the first two mainly, and kind of like breeze through the other two because they're just kind of additions of what the first two talk about. And um, so Ushiten, the third part, um, it's I think it's rated M. It might be rated T, but I think it's rated M. Um, it goes more into detail about vampire politics because Ushijima is kind of the head of the vampire government in the city, and they're talking about. The previous, the like effects of the previous fanfic, and they're both leaders. Ushijima um, Nintendo. They're both leaders of their different vampire clans. So it further goes to explain how vampire clans work, how the vampire government works, and it kind of sets expectations for um, the characters previously mentioned in the series and the Oihana fic. Um, which is Oikawa and Hanamaki, in case you're wondering. I'm not saying Oihina, but I will love to talk about that another time. (laughs) Um, Oikawa and Hanamaki. So that one, the fourth one goes more into ghouls and um, how humans can get involved with vampires in a way that's accepted by the vampire government. So humans aren't supposed to know unless they become ghouls. And I find that really interesting because it means that ghouls have a place in the social structure of vampires and how vampires kind of need humans other than a food source. Um, they can rely and they have they're kind of looked down on but they have a place in this social structure and they're kind of integral to how vampires operate. Um, it also shows the attitudes that vampires have towards humans and it goes into depth of the attitudes that ghouls have for the vampire masters. And not going to lie, this is a spoiler, but Matsukawa in the story broke my heart. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for him so bad. I love Matsukawa. I was rooting for him and I, I felt so bad for all the ghouls in this series. The Akasuka, va- like the ghouls in that one, that also broke my heart. But I was rooting for Matsukawa. And um kind of broke my heart. I'm not too angry about it. It's amazing world building to make me feel something. But dang. it's Just read it for yourself. You'll understand. <laughs> and uh, moving away from that series, there's another Urbison, <laughs> Urbison, urban fantasy fanfic with secret supernatural world. I could spend hours talking about this. Just because it takes that long to talk about. You've probably seen this before if you've sorted for fanfics by word count, and some of you might already know what I'm talking about, but it's, of course, Bell Book and Candle by Skitty Dine. I think that's how you pronounce it. And if you know, you know. If you don't, then this fic is a monster within itself. It's rated M and it's over 760,000 words long. There is just so much to discuss about this fanfic. If there's interest, I can do a whole episode on it, but for this episode, I'm just going to be talking about the amount of lore that it has and how in um in the previous series that I mentioned, It mentions more about like the secret government and how vampires have their own society and how they have their own expectations. They have their own views about sexuality and kind of their own morals when it comes to life and death and actions. This one I'll be talking about for the sheer amount of lore (laughs) and kind of how the universe itself works because of it. Um, This is a great example for how much you can play around with the lore and kind of the universe. Bend the laws have so many different types of races and species all kind of working together and how humans kind of get involved in it. And um, how they kind of have their own culture and their own society that that you come into when you get involved with creatures. They're not exactly secret in this. Like, they're secret to the world, um, especially in the beginning. But um, as the story goes on, there's more people pulled in. And there's, especially with uh, Daichi and Suka, And um, it's just a really interesting read. So if you love uh, creatures and legends, and you're kind of like, if you're not into the typical, like, Here's a werewolf. Here's a vampire. Here's a witch kind of story. This is for you because i it's it's so much. <laughs> this The author definitely did research and it shows. So um, the magnitude of this magic system is insane. I could talk about it for hours. I'm not going to. I'm going to restrain myself. I can't even express it in words. There's just so many different creatures, there's so many different characters, there's so many different types of magic and terminology of folklore, but it still manages to be a fun fanfic to follow along with. There's so there's an ensemble of characters, there's so much that happens, there's something for everyone in this fanfic, and um, there's just so much magic in the story, and so many real folklore Um creatures and all these different like kind of fairy tales that are incorporated in it that I was almost surprised that humans in the story didn't know creatures existed. And it got me thinking about how actual folklore exists and how many different stories that we have. And it's like if you took into account how many like urban legends, how much folklore, how many stories um, and fairy tales every culture in the world has... Like how how come we haven't like seen like well how come we aren't seeing all these creatures everywhere? It's just kind of insane to think about, especially when you focus on just like the sheer amount of stories that humans have. And um so if you are interested in that story, it's very long, it's very involved, it's very good. And I would recommend it, Bell, Book, and Candle. Uh, you'll have to read to find out for yourself. <laughs> and um, I'm to restrain myself from talking about it for hours, I'm going to move on. So um, those are the kind of two that I wanted to talk about that have secret societies and secret kind of um, magic systems and kind of world build with the intention of creating an entire world and kind of the intention of creating a society. And now I'm going to move on to stories that kind of focus on, um, their urban fantasy. They're not really meant to talk about like greater problems that people face. Uh, actually one of them does, but, um, they don't really aim to talk about social issues, but they do imply a lot of social issues and imply a lot of sociological um, aspects without directly alluding to them. So, um, and that's ones where urban fantasy is where humans and monsters coexist, which is my favorite type of urban fantasy, just because I have my... Sociological brain and I love analyzing them and no one else does that when they're reading a fanfic But it's one of my favorite pastimes and um, usually these are romances or slice of lives They're just fun little reads with your favorite characters, but they can also be drama-driven nail biters, which is it's so fun honestly and um, So I love when creatures are known Because it affects everything that we know about the world within the context of the story. Like if vampires were to be known by people, everything in the world would change. Society would change. Every aspect of life would change. So um, it would affect laws to protect different species. It would affect education for how magic works and how different body types work. It would affect how even science works. And, like the laws of science, that we understand it. And we would understand different histories. And there's even economic differences between humans and different species of monsters. And, of course, there's how creatures are viewed in the public eye, which is um, probably the most common trope that you'll find in stories where humans and monsters coexist. Or how different types of creatures are viewed by the public, especially humans but it can be any type of monster. Um, I've always found the genre of urban fantasy to be a great allegory for real social issues, especially when it comes down to species of monsters and how they kind of represent race. Um, There's also national laws that don't reflect the interest of minorities in the public and then how stigmas and stereotypes affect the public image of groups of people And how they can often be really wrong. And um, so Uh, some of the fanfics I would recommend for not-so-secret fantasy. They're more fluffy than not. But if you're looking for something more dramatic with social stigma of creatures, there's a recent fun uh, fanfic. It's E-rated and it's called My Roommate is an Incubus by Drawing a Smile. (laughs) I love this fanfic. Because it shows that even in more welcoming and accepting societies or societies that are learning to be more welcoming, like certain stigmas still exist when humans are the majority. So creatures that feed on humans are less likely to be socially accepted despite the world knowing and being accepting and trying to exist with creatures. It's There's still that when humans are the majority, there's still issues when it comes to creatures that rely on humans to survive there's a really fun mystery to this story so it's a very fun read lena if you're listening <laughs> you're welcome i love you um i really love your story and um on to the more fluffy things there's a kagehina coffee shop au which has witch Kagiyama and vampire hinata it's called the crow's nest by a underscore very underscore small frog um, S-M-O-L. And I chose this because I am such a sucker for world building that, um, surrounds how magic is kind of dispersed within urban fantasy, especially with how, like, widely available magic is and, um, kind of how shops change. It's such a niche little thing, but when you combine urban fantasy with, like, a tattoo parlor or a coffee shop or apothecaries or like magical florist, it's just so good, I love it. That's my ultimate favorite type of urban fantasy, Our workplace AUs, because I just love the world building that goes beyond um, the story and how these shops represent, how society views creatures, how they like um, coexist with creatures, because it shows something familiar and normal. And there's fantasy elements to it. so it illustrates that the so- that um, society is more accepting of magic. Um, creatures can do well economically. They have like um, they're more accepted and it shows that society has integrated with creatures there's um, there's just so much more that a workplace AU can um, imply about a, soce- about a society than meets the eye. So um, how creatures are viewed, how lifestyles are viewed, how uh, magic is viewed. And um, you can infer that creatures are able to get jobs. They're able to open their own places. They're able to live a normal life, which kind of eliminates that the idea of like unwelcoming so- uh, societies. And kind of the social issues that come with not being accepted by so- by a society. I can never say that word right. <laughs> um, again, I don't think anyone's wondering about the economic status of an urban fantasy creature when reading a fluffy cafe AU. But I do. And it just makes me so happy to know that these creatures are living their best life. <laughs> um And finally, I really want to talk about, um, some urban fantasy authors that, um, these were, I wanted to do some shout-outs and all of these were given to me by my followers on my personal Haikyuu Twitter account, um, Oikawa Writes. So, the first two authors I mentioned, they're not safe for work pieces, they write not safe for work, and then the latter two are safe for work, so... Be warned, I'm giving out that information now. And first up is Twilofrost. Frost. Uh, they have vampire and Omegaverse Sakuatsu. So be warned, it is Omegaverse. If you like that, go read it. I love it. It's amazing. Um, if you're not into that, then just skip over it. You do you. They also have a story on fairies and fae. Also amazing. I love this author. Go check them out. I'm giving them a shout out. And um, yeah, uh, next is Vamp Peach. And they have a Vampire Ushi Oi fic. It's pretty freaking brutal, not gonna lie. I Sometimes I kind of have to look away when writing it because it's, it's a little gory, but the writing is truly amazing. And I have used this author as kind of like a personal example to improve my own writing techniques because some of the things that this person talks about you would never think about, and I think it's just amazing, so if you're looking for um kind of vampire so- uh vampire society and how um vampires and werewolves kind of have their own battles and um i'm I can't remember if humans know about vampires and werewolves in the story, I think they do, so you kind of get to see the not so secret. Um, fantasy trope and then there's Pudding Cat Beans they have a Kuraken Witch AU it's only about 4,000, 5,000-ish words it's so cute it's so cute it's just kind of one of those things where it makes you feel all fluffy inside I love it It's I, I thought it was adorable and finally Snow Lighters on AO3 uh, Witch Bokuto A Certain Slant of Light I actually have a plan to do a whole episode on that, so I'll be going into the, that one in more detail for sure. Um but I think that Snowlighters did a great job with urban fantasy. And if you happen to know any other urban fantasy fanfics or authors that you love and I did not mention, please send them to my Twitter at Setters and S Pod. You can DM me, you can reply to this episode. I'll create a thread with all of the fanfics and authors mentioned here and any additional recommendations that I get if I happen to get any. So you can check that out. And if you would like me to do a follow-up episode on urban fantasy, talk about other things that did urban fantasy well, other tropes, other kind of sociological topics within urban fantasy. Like if you want to see me go more into st- like stories with stigma and stereotypes or more stories about economic status or more stories about sexuality within urban fantasy or just those in general. Um, Or if you want to hear me go more into depth of the fanfics mentioned here, feel free to let me know. I survive mainly on feedback from you guys, my listeners. So uh, I hope you all find a reason to smile today. Thank you for listening and keep on reading.